the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I don't know about you, but you know, there were times in my life when I come to church and I said, I hope the preaching today is good because I need a revival in my soul, just like Ben just sang earlier today. But listen to me, I'm not against revivals or anything like that, okay? We, 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 do, we do believe in that. But Jesus says, I gave you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in charge of how you walk and talk and how you demonstrate your faith to God and to the world. So why is there going to be a need for the revival if we're listening to what the promptings of the Holy Spirit is? And so that's what, you know, I didn't know what the problem was. Sunday in, Sunday out, when the preacher calls for an altar call, I'm right in front. You know, there's always that conviction. There's always that tugging. Good that it's there. But you know what? Got to move on from there and take that desire to a place of obedience. That's very important. It's true with all of Jesus' disciples. Let me just share this story with you in the book of Acts. Just, just a few short days before, the disciples of Jesus were all hiding in some upper room somewhere. And Jesus says, just stay in that upper room and I will send you the Holy Spirit. Okay? Why? Why did they need the Holy Spirit? Well, just a few days before, uh, they were with Jesus, and when Jesus was arrested, they all abandoned Jesus. You know, they all left him after, after Jesus has demonstrated to them without any uh, doubt that he is the Son of God, they still abandoned him, right? But then something happened. On the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened when they received the Holy Spirit. It's right there in the, the first chapters of the book of Acts. They went out, and they started preaching the name of Jesus every place they could find. And they were not afraid of the people who crucified Jesus. The same people who crucified Jesus, now these disciples were looking at them in the eye and saying to them, this Jesus whom you crucified is now responsible for these great miracles that you're seeing. This Jesus whom you tortured on the cross is now responsible for the great preaching of the kingdom of God in this world. They were beaten, they were flogged, they were imprisoned, but they looked at him and they said to their persecutors, what is better, to obey you or to obey God? For we cannot help but to speak and declare the name of Jesus. That's what happened when desire, all the disciples had a desire for Jesus. They wouldn't have followed him for three and a half years. But what happens when the Spirit of God comes, that desire will not be placed in a, in a, in a place of obedience. That's the big difference. You can see the passion in their, in their lives. And on one day, they proclaimed the name of Jesus. Thousands of people came to the Lord. We must take our desire for God to a level of passionate worship. And it can only come through obedience 
to the word of Christ. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commands. What's your passion in life? Passion always transcends desire. It's one thing to say, I desire the game of basketball. It's another to say, I'm passionate about basketball. Obedience proves not our desire for God, but our passion for God. Desire has many pursuits. What do you desire the most about your wife? What do you desire the most about your husband? <laughs> what do you desire the most about your job? What do you desire the most about the place where you live? What do you desire about that person you love? Again, maybe it could be your wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Do you desire uh, her beauty? Do you desire his looks? Do you desire his kindness, her kindness? Or do you desire just the wealth if he or she has any? The point is desires, pursues many things. But to love someone is to be passionate for that someone. We often do the same thing for the Lord. Desire for God usually means there's something that we want or need from God. I'm preaching to you this morning. <laughs> we do things to please God because deep inside, uh, we desire something from Him. So our desire for God is really just for our own benefit. But that's not true worship. Desiring God is not true worship. Obeying God is true worship because worship is for God's benefit. Worship is being passionate for the ways of God. Let me say that again. Worship is being passionate for the ways of God. But here's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we say that worship is geared towards the wonder of God. Now, we all agree that God is wonderful. We all agree that God is amazing. We all agree that God is powerful. But passion for God is the pursuit of the ways of God. There's a big difference between worshiping God because He's a wonderful God and worshiping God because of His ways. And His ways are higher than ours, so it's good for us to obey His ways. Psalm 119 verse 14 says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Have you ever said to yourself, I am happy because I get to obey God's commandments. How many of us actually say that? I know I didn't for the longest time in my life because, you know, it seems like that's not the appropriate thing to do. No, we, we worship God for the wonder of His name. Absolutely we do. But you know what the Bible says? As David says, I delight or I rejoice in following your ways, following your statutes. When was the last time you sang a song that projects obedience to the commandments of God? Some of you are songwriters in our church. When was the last time you wrote a song, not just about the wonder of God, but about the obedience to the Word of God? How many of you have written a song about 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. That could be a catchy tune. Right? Don't look. When was the last time you, you, you glory and you had tears in your eyes because you sang about not looking at a woman with lust in your eyes? Now we chuckle about these things, but listen. Worship is being passionate about the ways of God, not just the wonder of God. I could sing of the love of God forever. In fact, we sing that all the time in this church. I would sing of your love forever. How about singing the other one? I will not lie forever. Catchy enough for you. You know, we often sing about his wonder, and rightfully so. And many of our contemporary expressions of worship, whether in song or activity, is geared towards benefiting us. How about writing songs or singing songs about the ways of God, about obeying God? I will, I will not judge you. Worship is loving God through obedience. Psalm 122 verse 1. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When was the last time you rejoiced when somebody said, go to church? But it's there. The perfect illustration of this is in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 15. God explicitly said to King Saul, destroy all of the enemies. Kill everybody, including the animals. Here it is in verse 21. What happened? After God said explicitly to King Saul, do not spare anybody. I want anybody, everybody dead, including the animals. Verse 21 says, the soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder. The best was what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Now, God says, here's, here's what God says, kill everything, including the animals. But the soldiers of Saul grabbed the best animals, and their rationale was, we're going to use these animals to sacrifice to the Lord. All right? The desire to worship God was there. But worship cannot happen outside God's commands. And look at what happened, verse 22. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king. What was the problem? Saul has a deep desire for God but couldn't obey the command of God. And it ended up being a big, big problem. As we examine our hearts today, we must look at the root of the issue. God wants us to pursue Him 
and not just to desire Him. We reject His word through disobedience and we end up empty, living unfulfilled life without any kind of hope and optimism. Desire has many pursuits, but obedience has only one passion, and that is to worship God. There's a second thought. Desire for God has multiple motives. Obedience to God has one motivation, and that motivation is, to no, is the knowledge of truth. Okay? Obedience to God has only one motivation, and that is to know God deeply, to know God in a deeper way, knowledge of truth. Look at verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Verse 17, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Spirit of truth, the world does not accept, but we accept it because it's the Word of Christ. The world does not understand the Word of truth, but we should be able to understand it. And how do we understand the Word of truth? Through obedience to the Word of truth. It's not enough to know. You know, uh, uh, people tell me all the time, Pastor, I read the Bible. So does the devil. The devil knows the Bible probably more than you and I do. But the devil does not obey the Word of God. We are supposed to obey the Word of God. A whole lot of desire for God doesn't buy us anything. Did you know? That's why we have so many religions in the world. What are religions? Religions are designed and geared towards eliciting a desire for God. That's what religions are. Okay? But then when it comes to obedience, okay, what separates Christianity from all the other religions in the world was that our desire is for the truth. The truth to be self-revealed to us. And what is the truth? It's never a what. Religion says, what is truth? Christianity says, who is truth? Truth is Jesus. That's the bottom line. So the knowledge of truth means knowing Jesus deeply into our innermost being. Knowledge of truth is the motivation for obedience. The Holy Spirit motivates us to obey God because we know Him and we trust Him. We obey God because we love God and we love Him because we know Him. You cannot love someone you don't know. There's divine revelation that comes to us when we get saved. Amen? There's a divine revelation that the Holy Spirit gives us the moment we come to Jesus. Okay? I did not know anything about Jesus when I walked into his life. <laughs> when I received him into my life, meaning when I became a Christian. I didn't know anything about Jesus. But then again, the Holy Spirit, as I responded by faith, the Holy Spirit begins to start the work of revealing Jesus to me as I read his word. It doesn't get any more basic than that. That's why we have been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals to us who Jesus is. We know we have true faith when our desire to know Jesus intensifies as time goes by. 
faith is measured in the growth of our knowledge of Jesus. Not just experiences, not more signs and wonders, not more blessings, and all of these things are great and wonderful, but faith is measured by how much we are growing in the knowledge of Jesus and His commands. Richard Foster, the great Quaker theologian, said these words, Good feelings will not free you. Ecstatic experiences will not free you. Getting high on Jesus will not free you. Without the knowledge of truth, you will not be free. And that is true. That is true. The Bible makes sense because the Holy Spirit lives in us. The Holy Spirit comes so that He can live inside of us. So we, when we pray or worship, it is the heart that is doing the praying and the worshiping because that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. When Jesus was, was with His disciples, He taught them many things. But as humans, they can only retain so much. But when the Holy Spirit came to them, the Holy Spirit did three things. Number one, He revealed to them Jesus as He reveals Jesus to us today. He reveals the truth. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Without the work of the Holy Spirit, revelation of the truth will not take place. So the Holy Spirit reveals the truth. Secondly, the Holy Spirit reminds us of the truth. How many of you know we forget the truth sometimes? I know I do. Sometimes truth is obscured by circumstances, uh, by crisis, by problems. But the Holy Spirit reminds us of what is true. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit restores us in the truth. How many of you know we can listen to the spirit of error and be led wayward? That happens all the time. You know, we can be deceived. There are deceiving spirits. There are people whose main purpose is to take away the word that is planted in our hearts and take us in a different direction. But the Holy Spirit of God restores us. In the truth. What motivated your worship this morning? What will motivate you to continue worshiping Him after the service? Is it because it's an expectation uh, that the church has placed upon you? I hope not. I hope you didn't show up this morning because the church expects you to be here. Okay? It's not the expectation of the local congregation or the church as an organized group. It's God's expectation. That's why you're here. Or maybe it's been placed upon you by your parents. Or is it something that God revealed in your heart? Is God revealing himself through the mundane and routine experiences of life? These are questions we need to answer as we walk by faith. The Holy Spirit gives us a revelation of Jesus in order for us to love him and obey him. You know, your friends at work, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have what you have, and you're different. Look at verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things, and I will remind you of everything I have said to you. Did you get that? He will remind us of everything that, he has, that Jesus has said. To us, to his disciples first and to us now. There's a final thought here. And that is desire can have mixed feelings 
But obedience has a fixed focus. And that fixed focus is fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. There it is in black and white. Verse 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Obedience is the key to experiencing intimacy with God in fellowship, which is the way we experience God's love. Obedience to God's love, to God, is the key to intimate fellowship with God. And I think I need to repeat that, you know, because when we check our spiritual temperature, we begin with our walk of obedience to God's word. God speaks to us through our obedience to his word. He reveals his plans to our in our lives through obedience to his word. He blesses us through our obedience to his commands. There are not uh, there are many times in my own life when I was reading the Bible and I, I gloss over some of the commandments in the Bible. You know, some of the things that are not my favorite that God is saying. It's not that I don't believe them. It's not that I don't trust that His Word is true. It's just something inside me sometimes rejects some of those things. It's not because I don't have faith in God and I don't believe in His Word. It's just the flesh sometimes and the enemy sometimes can come in and bring all of that garbage in our head. And I wonder, you know what, God, I, I, uh, I've repented of this sin. Why do I keep struggling with this again? Have you ever been in that situation? You repented of one sin and then you're at it again the following week? I think many of us, if we're honest, struggle with that. You know, I got God, I, I, I pray, you know, this, you take this away from me and all of that. Now, it could be God wants you to uh, trust Him more. It could be that God wants you to truly repent. But how do you get to that place when you know that you're receiving that that repentance you re receiving that urging to repent you know it without a shadow of the doubt when you begin to read the word of god and you begin to obey it that's when repentance really is taking root so without obedience there could be no true repentance and true repentance brings intimate fellowship with God. And how, how do you know? How do I know that I'm having an intimate fellowship with God? Well, there's an unmistakable reality of His presence. This is known by your spirit as the Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit that you are a child of God. This is a divine revelation from the Spirit of God. You just know that God is present. You recognize Him in your circumstances. You recognize Him in your plans. You recognize Him in the blessings that you receive. You, you don't even think about when you receive a blessing, you don't even think about giving credit to yourself. You recognize right away that this is the hand of God in my life. That accident that didn't happen to you where it could have or that accident that you did get into and came out without a scratch, you wouldn't even have second thoughts about saying it's because God is present. And God is present and you know it because there's that obedience to the Word and there's that 
intimacy. God will never deny us with the reality of His presence when we take our desire for Him to a point of obedience. The same Jesus who is obeyed by the wind and the waves and who sustains the entire universe by His presence will make that same presence a reality in our life. Whoever has my commands, Jesus says, and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. The presence of God. 